Um, like uh, Cowabunga, I guess. You're watching the Dare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, and that's Sergeant Corky McDonald, and I'm going to be a detective someday. <laughs> With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Cowabunga, everybody. It's pizza time. On this show, we do your dirty-ass pizza work by watching the most unpizzable movies you can pizza, and then we pizza and pizza them using our unique pizza. What? Ah! Phew. Sorry. It's an old tick. It's an old army tick. Uh, run-of-the-mill bad film, we'll rate a dare. We give a double dare to those truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for those despised movies that are actually pretty pizza. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing Megan Fox, Will Arnett, and four pizza-loving CGI blobs in the 2016 sequel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. This dare came to us from longtime listener, big-time donor to the show, Colin Williams. Colin Williams' dare goes like this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's been so hot this summer and I haven't been drinking enough water and I'm dehydrated and it has made me lightheaded and I chose to watch Ninja Turtles out of the shadows and it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad and now I need you to know how bad it is by watching it. I'm sorry. Speaking of apologia and people who should say that they're sorry, Colin, we are so, so sorry. Wait, what's that? We apologize to you no you're hearing it right uh yeah colin has been a dare to the show for like a few years now yeah and you know we always brag on the show about like we take care of our donors they send us you know we make sure we do a dare by them you know have we done any of our donor dares lately Colin's been donating to the show for so long, and we never did any of his dares, and I feel so bad about it because, I mean, it was just a, a major oversight on our part, and Colin's given us a lot of really good dares over the years, and this is one of them, by golly. So um, thank you, Colin, and we're sorry. We're so sorry. Pizza on us, Colin. Pizza. <laughs> the IMDb synopsis for... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. The turtles get into another battle with their enemy, the Shredder, who has acquired new allies, the mutant thugs Bebop and Rocksteady and the alien being Krang. Fucking, they they are always wrong. IMDb synopsises are always wrong. (laughs) It is incorrect. It's parts of that, yeah, sure, but add it all up and down. We'll really. talk about it, but they just do not deliver on the main point of this whole thing. The turtles do not battle Shredder like ever. No, no, they don't do that. But yes, this week's film is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Colon Out of the Shadows, <laughs> like the previous quote-unquote live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie released in 2014. Out of the Shadows is produced by Michael Bay, and it feels pretty Bayish. It especially apes the Bay Transformers films, right down to the thwomping score by Transformers composer Steve Jablonski. But it's not a Bay film. It was directed by some hack named Dave Green, and I mean, call me crazy, but it suffers for it. Bay, whatever you say about him, he's he's singular. He's yeah. his own kind of. He brings his own level of intensity, and it's just not it's not happening here. Human stars. You have Megan Fox as April O'Neil, Stephen Amell as Casey Jones, Brian T. as Shredder. You got also Will Arnett, Tyler Perry, and Laura Linney <laughs> somehow. I don't know what. Real. She's got a real, like, I'm slumming. I'm oh, slumming. yeah. She's got, no. like, a half grin on her face the whole time. And she's, like, reaming people out. I'm, like, I'm the lieutenant here. I'm reaming you out, half smiling the whole time. Of course, this is all based on the comic books by Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, but the film also references the TV cartoon series and the previous live-action films from the 90s. The concept of the film, well, it's right there in the title. They're teenage mutant ninja turtles. They were turtles. They mutated into humanoid form. They like pizza. They like karate. They're named after Renaissance artists. They fight for crime from the shadows, etc., etc. I should note that the turtles here are CGI motion-capped and look terrible. They're really, really offensive to the eye. This was released June 3rd, 2016 on over 4,000 screens. Modest success, doing the lion's share of its business overseas. Only 82 million domestic, 163 million foreign for a grand total of 245 against a $135 million budget. 
The 2014 film was a big hit, but this one did not perform as expected, and a planned third film in the series was scrapped. 38 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. The first one got 21, and a 40 on Metacritic. The first one got 31. So it bumps, slight bumps, yeah. still bad, still on the wrong side of, of history there, but better than the 2014 film, which I called in my Sacramento News and Review review, quote, an entry-level Bay knockoff for the Saturday morning cartoon crowd and only the spectacle of CGI creatures acting rings around their human co-stars passes for entertainment. Corky. Mm-hmm. I have seen the 2014 film. I just read my review. What do you think I'm going to review a movie I haven't seen? How dare you? Wait. I had no interest in the sequel. The The 2014 film was just absolutely abysmal. But now having seen both, I can say this one is better. Yeah. Marginally, marginally a splinter <laughs> of a hair of a bit better. Was that a pun? Was that, an that was a little bit. Okay. I was just having a little fun with you there. That's an Easter egg for you. <laughs> Like Vanilla Ice playing on the jukebox. <laughs> the creatures, I don't know, they feel slightly more tangible. They throw out a lot more. The first one was like an origin story, so uh-huh. it just it, it was pretty brutal and just looked bad. This one still looks bad, um, but, you know, it just keeps throwing new characters and new things at you. Um, for me, it still wasn't enough to make this anything more than a miserable experience, but as a <laughs> relative noob to the Michael Bay... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. What did you think? Are you, did you like it? Are you going back and watching the first one? And most importantly, are you going to start your online petition to get the third film made? Okay, my opening was most checked out cowabunga I could ever do because sure. Megan Fox is the only one who utters cowabunga in this. And I figure I'm going to give about twice as much as she gave in this movie. I, I, it's so it's so amazing. You talk about Laura Linney. Laura Linney, almost you can see her leafing through her like architect plans uh, with the house she's buying <laughs> or the room she's renovating with this. It is. It's so like it's simultaneously a lot of effort and money went into making this thing. But, you know, they have some talent in this movie and yep. they shoot on some locations and there's a lot of CGI. Um, but fuck, man. No, I was I I was barely more into it than the, the actors were and they were mm-hmm. bare, they weren't into it. So, yeah, uh, um, no, this this thing I never see need to see a third one. I do quibble, though. I thought the turtles looked OK, but that just might be me just not being able to tell what's good CGI and what's bad CGI anymore. They look better in this one. They yeah. look more kind of tangible than they do in the, in, uh, the 2014 film where they're much more cartoonish, I think. But still, it's just it's like, I mean, you had it right. It's it's. A hundred and thirty-five million dollar movie of people going through the motions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it's there is nothing inspired here. It is all just counting on nostalgia from the audience that already likes these characters, you know, and just wants to see this kind of version. And it has Michael Bay written all over it, mm-hmm. but it's missing. Like I say, his singular sort of over the topness, his his the relentless intensity, like rip off Bay. Is bad bay. It's bay bay yeah. bay. <laughs> it's boo bay. Uh, <laughs> it, but also, it, it, one thing that really, the biggest thing I took from this is that it's alternately fan service and mm. fan trolling. Yeah. It gives you every reference, or I guess fans of it, every reference that they want, characters that they want, and yet doesn't deliver because this thing should have been called Teenage Mutant Parkour Turtles. That's that's what they did 98% of the time. They just jumped around, flipped, skateboarded, free running. There wasn't fighting. Like No, like not very much. Two no. fight scenes with them. It's a lot of extreme sports type stuff. Right. You know, it's, it's a lot of surfing and skating and... Uh, you know, jumping out of planes and and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And I mean, people just, well, people, whatever, mutant and mutant turtles and people. <laughs> the thing is, no one can get even hurt, which I guess maybe that's yeah. similar to being the TV series. Like people get blown up, they fly out of planes, like they whatever, and everyone's always just fine. Yeah, like whatever. It's just like nothing bad can happen to anybody. So it's just there's no stakes, there's no anything to really get excited about. Like, and what's so crazy is like. Th- how busy it is while being completely inert. There's like 70 things happening on screen yep. at any given time with what's happening in the frame, with sounds, with the motion of the camera and what it's doing and all this, all the camera tricks that are going on there. 
but nothing is ever actually happening. It's all just stuff that is just happening with the camera and in the frame, but it, nothing is ever really ever advanced. It doesn't go anywhere. It moves, but it doesn't go anywhere. Every scene is an expository of what just happened the scene before or what's about to happen the next scene. Yeah. For a movie that is like a big, empty nothing, boy, do they recap the nothing (laughs) over and over again. What nothing happened five minutes ago? Well, let me recap for you. Oh, fuck. All right. Let's get into it. All right. Let's go. And now, our feature presentation. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, out of the shadows. Here they come. So, of course, we open with your classic helicopter shot of the Manhattan skyline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty classic. They're they're in New York. You know, they're like Spider-Man. They, they don't live in a fake city. They're, they're in New York. Yeah. They they're, love their pizza. Just like in New York. Sure, they're fucking New Yorkers. <laughs> None of them sound like New Yorkers. <laughs> But we're so, high above New York City, and we yeah. move in on the Chrysler building, mm-hmm. where we can see Q the Winged Serpent perching just perilously <laughs> close to where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are climbing. Again, they're not ninjas. They are free climbers and parkour yes. enthusiasts. Yeah, there's very little ninjaing. So yeah, they climb to the Chrysler building, and what are you going to do when you get to the top of the Chrysler building? Jump the fuck off of it. Yeah. Obvs. <laughs> Wow. No parachutes. Just jump, bruh. No, just jump. Flipping and flying and skating and surfing all over the sky. But mainly, what are they doing, Quirky? Quipping. <laughs> quipping. Quipping. Nonstop with the fucking quipping. Everyone is quipping all of the time, always. Everything is always quipping. It's, oh, my God, with the quipping. And none of them are ever funny or really inspired in any way, shape, or form. And they're all setups. Everything's a setup in here. It's like, well, certainly this won't be a dastardly result. And then cut cut to dastardly result. (laughs) I'm familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Mm. Turtles. I knew the names Casey Jones. I knew Bebop Rocksteady. I knew those names. It's a little generation behind me. But yeah. I still was familiar enough. I'm big into Usagi Yojimbo, the Stan Sakai comic, which they do a lot of crossovers with. So I know that they're all named after philosophers or artists, that whatever. But I didn't see 2014, so I, I'm sitting there going, okay, how are they going to tell me, someone coming into this, who they are and what their roles are? How is that going to happen? The minute I thought it, they yep. did the end around. It's like that. that so organically. <laughs> that tweet. <laughs> That tweet of that guy was like, I've worked on this story for three years and he just tweeted it out. Talk about Donald Trump Jr. admitting some shit. I was just like, they just wrote it. They just fucking wrote it. They just wrote Leo, the leader. <laughs> yeah. It was so like the crow colon wicked prayer. Oh my where God, they, yes. They introduced the four horsemen. Um, and it's, it's the same thing where it's like a... A quip, and then a uh, freeze frame shot, and then stuff pops up on the screen, and we see Leo, the leader, Ralph, the muscle, Donnie, the brains, and Mikey, pizza lover. Yeah, so they're not even Leonardo, Donatello, whatever anymore. It's like the producers looked at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and thought, too cerebral. <laughs> too cerebral. <laughs> you have to dumb it down for these dumb shits today. <laughs> like these kids today are fucking idiots. Like they like you even the the suggestion that they might be learning something yeah. could just uh, it'll uh, drive them insane. It's not Michelangelo anymore. It's Mikey. It's, it's Mikey. It's Mikey. And that's Rafe. Uh, Rafe is your buddy. He's not Raphael. <laughs> Oh boy! So yeah, they're pizzaing all over the place. They pizza everywhere in here, and so they land up in the rafters of Madison Square Garden, where they're watching a game between the Knicks and the Clippers. For a movie about a thing, the main theme of which is like they have to live in the shadows. They yep. can never be outside. They get into the most lot. random fucking places. There's no cargo hold that can hold contain them. They would get onto any airplane. <laughs> yeah, so we get a little bit of a recap of the first film. Nobody knows that the Turtles saved New York City from Shredder. Shredder's in prison right now. But who is taking credit? It's Vern the Falcon Fenwick, who is this egomaniacal news photographer played by Will Arnett. So he's at the end of the last film. They basically said, You're, "You take credit for this because we can't. We're in the shadows." For Real Dark Knight, Harvey Dent turn. Exactly. Yes. So the turtles get mad and they shoot spit wads at his face. <laughs> Fucking necessary. So necessary. It's like 
<laughs> Several minutes of shooting spent once. Oh, boy. Like, that's the culmination of that whole, like, what, 10-minute opening? Why did it need to be that long? Yeah, right? Uh, it, mm, boy, it's everything in this movie is just so ridiculously extended. It's, it's, this is an 80 minute movie for uh-huh. fuck's sake, and it's a hundred and like almost two hours long. So, Donnie, Donnie is the brains, remember? He gets a call from April, April O'Neill. This is Megan Fox. She's working undercover with no cameras, as you do when you're a TV journalist, to <laughs> yes. expose Dr. <laughs> Dr. Baxter Stockman, who's a brilliant scientist, played by Tyler Perry, who she believes is working with Shredder. Again, Shredder's in prison, but she thinks this guy, uh, Dr. Stockman, Baxter, Dr. Baxter Stockman, Dr. Baxter, fuck it, Tyler Perry, (laughs) she thinks he's working with Shredder. And (laughs) Baxter Stockman. Fuck, Tyler Perry feels very like very comfortable with his his evilness because he and his assistant just freely converse about their evil plan in front of this oh, yeah. man who walks up to him. So she's like wearing a blonde wig and and hit kind of comes on to him a little bit. Um and the henchman comes in and he's like the package is shipping later tonight and he hands him a device that she's trying to like pair with her device so you can get it. Yeah, they just like they're acting very suspiciously <laughs> in a very in, a, in front of strangers in this place. So uh, Dr. Baxter Stockman thinks he's getting some from a scientist fangirl, but instead she follows the MacGuffin uh, device. <laughs> this is the best. While pursuing oh my this God. henchman is carrying the device, she improvises a naughty Catholic schoolgirl outfit from stuff she finds in and around Grand Central Station. <laughs> <laughs> like, on the fly. Like, it's not the first time she has done this. No. She notices a group of schoolgirls or girls dressed like schoolgirls taking pictures with random people. There was no need for her to dress like them. She's making fucking Fox. She's going to look hot in whatever she is. There's a whole um, objectification of her in slow motion. That's a very Michael Bay thing. It was mm-hmm. almost kind of surprising because I was like, damn, I mean, it's Megan Fox. I mean, that's her stock and trade. But yeah. also it's like, this really is for kids, right? Like fucking hey, This is for 13-year-olds, definitely. Yes. Definitely. Oh, but yeah, she somehow know to, knows that she's going to run into this entire group of, of women to distract the henchmen right. uh, who, are, who are dressed just like her. I don't know. I mean, she has like telescopic vision, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> gangs? She just knows gangs of like Catholic schoolgirls are like running rampant around the, the trade station. I don't know. But well, whatever, she, she pairs the device and moving on. We do find out that it's apparently Halloween night. So maybe Oh, that's right, huh? It's either that or this is one of the Warriors gangs that they have to face to get back to Coney. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back to the next game. Um they're watching the game oh, yeah. and Mikey Mikey drops a slice of pizza and it falls right onto the court and DeAndre Jordan slips on it, completely ruining my fantasy team for 2016. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, shit, turtles run back into the shot. Oh, there's a whole bit with DeAndre Jordan where he's like, hey, this fell on pizza. And the ref's like, welcome to New York. What? So back into the shadows so, they go, so but what Mikey. What does he say like when it's call when they're playing the Nuggets or something like that, or <laughs> right? <laughs> and pizza falls from the roof. <laughs> Nobody minded when like projectiles were coming at Will Arnett, who's like yeah. a, a, the city's hero, by the way, and everyone's just like, whatever, spit what's <laughs> on your face, who cares? <laughs> so. They run off, but Mikey gets distracted because there's a Halloween parade. As you said, it's Halloween. And he jumps to the surface, instantly becoming the center of attention. Instant, he's like on like a, uh, he has a, a microphone system, yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just like, and honestly, how useless is Mikey, really? I mean, it's hard to tell any of these guys apart. But Mikey, like, if something goes wrong, it's because of Mikey. Yeah. And he never apologizes, never does anything, never changes behavior. I honestly don't think it would be out of line. I mean, I get they're all brothers. But I feel like it would not be out of line for the other three turtles to band together and murder Mikey. Sure. Uh, Useless. Just just utterly useless. Now, you tell me there's a third movie. Where they all turn on Mikey, and it's just about his long, slow torture and death. I might be into that. (laughs) I'm down. 
So this device that April was tracking, they figure out somehow that it's all part of a plot to free Shredder from prison. So they're like, oh my God, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. So they just do more of the same, whatever they've been doing this whole time, they just do it again. They surf off, they skate off, they yeah. leap everywhere. I mean, the mo- it's just so fucking busy. So they go to Splinter, who is the giant mutant rat, who's like their sensei slash father figure. They're just like, hey, Shredder's back. There's a device. They're going to get him out of prison. And Splinter goes, go get him. And then off they surf again. <laughs> so necessary. Like, what a great necessary seed. Like nothing's happening, but let's constantly recap the nothing that is not happening. All right. So this convoy, I don't know what they're doing with Shredder while they're just like, you know what? The most dangerous prisoner, we should be constantly moving him. Sure. Move him around. Get him out in the open. Diesel not therapy. here with all these guards, <laughs> bars. Just <laughs> so they're out. They're just like, let's go. So we have this, this is a very Dark Knight wannabe yeah. scene. The scene, the the big scene, uh, the tr- there's a truck flip and, and everything, right? Like it, it, it builds in the same way. There's the motorcycle attack on this convoy. Um, the bad guys, uh, you know, all these guys in ninja outfits, they're about to enter the truck, but who comes in? The turtles, the turtles who have this now like attack vehicle, this like weaponized vehicle that they've made out of a garbage truck. Yeah. And it has like a comm system. It has all these weapons and things like that. And it has nunchucks. <laughs> there are nunchucks. <laughs> so there you go. Can I just say that fuck the ninja-ing and the parkouring. Donatello selling any of these inventions to the United States military. Yeah, or right. The, nothing, he can't. There's nothing what he makes can't do. He knows everything he needs to know right away. He can track anybody's DNA at any time the second he gets it. If you need an invention, he's already working on it. Right. It's already halfway done. And he he already has the way to transmit the other information to you, even though you don't have that. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, shit. I try to like order a pizza online. I got to go three different apps and (laughs) approve four different passwords. Words. Uh, get off my lawn today's life so there's this whole action scene while the ninjas are trying to get shredder out of the truck there's also a couple of uh goofy prisoners who are in the truck uh, along with shredder i just wrote why are they still driving like seriously <laughs> in this situation why don't you just hit the brakes stop, stop. what Pull is over. driving getting you Really? That's such a good point. Yeah. Um, so while all this is happening, of course, it's just, again, nonstop fucking quips. Yep. We get a, we get a Scarface, say hello to my little friend. Yeah, this we is for kids, right? We get people yelling. Right? right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I wanted him to go, say hello to my little friend, and I bury the fucking DS brothers. I bury those cockroaches. <laughs> Who put this thing together, man? Me. <laughs> It's time to take out the trash. You know, it's just all sorts of stuff like that. It's just things are happening and happening and everyone's quipping all the time. There's a guard in the truck, one of the policemen, and he's quipping the hell out of shit too. And you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Right? Because it's like everything's a turtle or or Megan Fox at this point. But But so that's Casey Jones. And he's like, this is really fucked what they do with this character based on the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But there's also a the guy driving has got to be some cage fighter because he and I know that because he makes some reference to cage fighting. That's how mm. I know that that's a cage fighter cast as <laughs> in the role. That's what kind of movie this is. Uh, absolutely. So these prisoners, we mentioned there's two prisoners, a yeah. white uh, Scottish guy and a black guy, Bebop and Rocksteady, Mohawk, uh, and they're Bebop and Rocksteady. So they get free while all this is going on. They're able to free themselves. They knock out Casey Jones. The turtles try to stop Shredder from getting away. He's about to kind of get onto a helicopter, but instead he teleports. What? He teleports? <laughs> Hang on. That's not and supposed he, to happen. It's really not supposed to happen because this teleport t- thing, it was supposed to be part of his prison escape. They used jump. Man, it's pretty easy to escape prison. You can teleport shit. But instead, he ends up on an alien planet getting slapped around. By a tentacled talking brain and a robot stomach by the name of Krang. Right. Krang and Krang. Krang is. Krang uh, is a lot. Krang is a lot. Yes. Yeah. Krang is a lot. Krang is a lot of a lot. Krang's the I mean, kid at the slumber party you don't want to give the extra Coke to. 
He's going to be up all night. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, I told you he's like a tentacle talking brain in the stomach of a robot. And yeah, nobody's crank, perfect, like, Dan. So no. right on right there, you're like, well, that's a lot. That's a lot. But no, the performance is a lot too. Oh boy, is it a lot. So he crank tells Shredder this teleport device, it's just one part of a larger device yes. that forms the arc capacitor, which will allow Krang, if they put it together, they'll allow Krang to bring his war machine, the Technodrome, right. to Earth, which is a thing that everybody wants for some reason. I don't know. Why, why does Shredder want that? Why does Krang want it? I don't know. But they just want to go to Earth and they want to enslave Earth. Never understood that what the plan here is. In the first film... Uh, there was another character who was like, I'm going to create this uh, virus that's going to kill everybody. Okay. And that's going to make me rich and famous. Not sure how that works exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lording over a corpse-strewed wasteland, and I've never been happy. <laughs> <laughs> so these movies like this or like Rise of Skywalker where they have to go to different locations and grab yeah. pieces. A, a new term called the MechaGuffin. It's where you have to. You don't have just one MacGuffin. You have several MacGuffins that have to come together to form the ultimate MechaGuffin. Yes, absolutely. Rise of the Skywalker definitely did that. Yeah, it's this whole like find the missing pieces. I mean, and this one especially has similarities to the Avengers, to Justice League, to the Transformers movies, and even Warcraft. If you remember Warcraft, oh yeah. All these movies are about this like quest to find missing pieces so that an evil alien with an ancient grudge against Earth can teleport here to open and a portal. enslave humanity. Yeah. yeah, open a portal, teleport here, enslave humanity unless a ragtag banging heroes can stop him. It's the same fucking thing over and over yeah, again. The Avengers movies, the Justice League, Transformers, Warcraft, Rise. I mean, all these, all of these like franchise movies now do the Breakfast same thing. Club, I mean, Brad News Bears. Uh... <laughs> The best exotic marigold hotel, the second best exotic. They just kept having to the find postman exotic always rings marigolds. twice. It's just all <laughs> I this know, shit, right? Like, why can't he just ring once? <laughs> no, but also, you stated earlier that he teleported to another planet. It's like, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess we have to assume that they don't ever take any care to say where they are. It's just a weird place with Krang there, and we know Krang's not a human or an Earthling. Nope. So that's like just what you have to surmise. Shredder, the most powerful, most evil, corrupt villain on Earth, is like, good, sounds good. I totally trust you with this plan. I'm in it. No second thoughts. Let's go. <laughs> I I understand. We're drawing a logic line with a movie about mutant talking ninja turtles. Yes, I get no, it. But we're talking about the filmmaking storytelling aspects of this. And they are bad. Yes. Um, but who comes in? We're investigating the aftermath of this big, you know, prison break. Laura Linney. <laughs> Laura Linney comes in and she has jurisdiction. <laughs> She's coming in and she is wearing like the uniform of a TV lady cop. She, right? yeah. Like, She's Mariska Hargitay nut it up. It is. Oh, absolutely. For every, like every Megan Fox scene, this is the pantsuit counterpoint. <laughs> I w- I'm in I'm binging Ozark right now and like uh, I we watched an episode right before this and to see her be fucking Wendy Bird and then turn around and be in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is it's so jarring it's hilarious <laughs> a little bit so she dresses down this guard who was quipping during the whole prison break and this turns out to be Casey Jones yeah my heart sank when I realized this guy was going to be a major character because I don't know that much about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just thought, okay, he's just the quipping guard from the chase scene, right? Yeah. Like, he's just the guard who was going like, huh? What the? What? They're on the roof. What? Just doing that. No. As it turns out, no. He's like a major character in this movie. And what's worse, he's quote unquote funny. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, boy. I knew Not good. I knew the second they said Officer Jones, which I was like, okay, well, he's got to get kicked off the force or something like that. Because in the in the original, Casey Jones is a vigilante just like the Turtles. Right. He's a hockey playing 
uh, you know, he has a, a stick and a Jason mask, but he's got wild hair and he doesn't trust the cops. He doesn't believe the justice system works and it's corrupt to make him a cop. There's yeah, a lot of copaganda going on in this movie. Yeah. I hated that whole aspect of this. There's a lot of cop worship in this movie and to make him a cop. I was like, that's so shitty to do. Yeah. Again, I'm quibbling about Quibble it. Away. Quibble away. Uh, but yeah, Lord Lenny just shoots down his testimony. What? Turtles, nunchuck vans. Laura Linney for 75 min- or 70 minutes of this movie is totally against anything that could happen yeah. until she's just not. And then she's full on 100% all the way for it. Even yeah, after she sees the turtles, witnesses them in action, she doubts their story of other monsters. Of Bebop so and Rocksteady. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, turtles, sure. But <laughs> yeah. A warthog, crazy. Um, so we catch up with Bebop and Rocksteady. So they've, they've, they're still in their human form. They've, um, absconded, but they've gone back to a bar that like their, their own, their favorite bar where Dennis Duffy is there giving them sandwiches and burner phones. And Casey Jones is going to go look for him. He knows, he thinks he knows where they are, but Shredder finds them first. And earlier in the scene, they said, we don't need to be anyone's errand boys. And he says, I'm looking for errand boys classic <laughs> and the cop shows up too late ah get used to this again this is like right out of the crow colon wicked prayer yeah. it's like the crime happens and then the cop shows up like oh, uh, scenes yes. later. 100%. <laughs> it's like keep going so he shows up at this bar he's trying to shake down dennis duffy he we get a vanilla ice easter egg because remember vanilla ice did the song from teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 colon Secret of the Do I remember? I danced with my daughter at her wedding to that song. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Dennis Duffy is like, hey, get out of here, cop. And then Casey, like, smashes a few glasses and he breaks. He's like, all right, I admit my old criminal enterprise. Just don't smash any more of those glasses. Those are irreplaceable for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So back with the evil guys. More recapping constantly with the recapping like they have to recap it for dr baxter stockman it's supposed to be like the most brilliant person in the entire fucking universe and he's like so wait a minute what you're telling me yeah is just uh. the what's really funny is um shredder gets off teleports back from that i guess planet and he's got the thing that crane gave him which is the juice the purple juice right that's gonna yeah. Go into the Framajammer and smagmiferate into the yellow juice. <laughs> Baxter Stockman, okay, they just been delivered this thing. This was not part of the plan. Baxter Stockman already has the thing to synthesize it. He already knows how to do it. I know. <laughs> it's like very convenient. And and just somehow April O'Neil is there watching. Right, I went. I I don't know where she just she just shows up out of nowhere at right? the end she of just, this movie when she's reporting. Uh, my girlfriend goes, wait, she's a reporter? <laughs> like, I know. No evidence throughout the <laughs> whole movie. Was, nothing. <laughs> 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 oh, I know. When she went undercover, she didn't even have like a recorder or anything with no. her. Just, like, I'm just, just going undercover. Yeah, go, go on my, my word. Just, <laughs> as we do. Oh, boy. So, um, yeah, they take this Krang's weapon that they gave him to fight the Ninja Turtles they test it on Bebop and Rock City, and they transform into a giant rhino and a giant warhog, quipping the entire time yeah. as they're mutating. There is like a quip a second as they're mutating. It is just out of control. They only take breaks from quipping to fart or pick their yep. nose or look at yep. their dicks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quipping, farting, dick licking. The the justification for that they turned into warthogs, a warthog into what a uh, rhino. Yeah. Is that Baxter Stockman explains that. Deep in everybody's DNA, we have a tie to our animal ancestor. Right. Do not think too hard on that. The racial implications of that the world over. Do not think too hard on that at all. Just let it go. Let it drift over you warmly. Yeah. So Casey Jones, he throws on his hockey mask and his skates as uh, the ninjas pursue her. And he becomes, you know. Casey Jones. Casey Jones, I guess. Vigilante cop. (laughs) <laughs> don't it's the f- when he pulls up and looks up at the skyscraper he goes he, he goes i knew it like he can tell from 46 stories below that something is going on up there bad and how good can the foot can foot clan be if april o'neill can evade them 
mm-hmm. down a whole building. I mean, she's not John McClane, and no. then she goes out into Central Park and eludes them. They can't be that good. Yeah. They they finally corner her, but the turtles show up and Casey Jones, and together they beat the ninjas, but they lose the ooze. So the turtles, they bring Casey back to their lair, and very predictable hijinks follow fish out of water turtle out of water whatever he's about to leave he's like who are are these guys barely registering that they are mutant turtles who are talking to him whatever uh but then he sees their truck and he's like the truck so he stays (laughs) riveting stuff guys i mean just really like my heart was just in my throat like will casey jones walk out oh fuck you this is where I really started noticing just what Megan Fox was doing cause as the camera mm. just swings by. and or I, I say camera, but whatever, you know, digital effect mm. was happening. And I realized that all she was doing was reacting to like green socks and, and a green, you know, right. wall behind her. <clears throat> and I thought, you know, Megan Fox had a lot of practice of just reacting to nonsensical <laughs> gibberings and make-believe, which set her up good to date MGK. <laughs> All right. Hopefully someone in, who listens to the show is young enough to get that <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I know. I I'm went a long way for that one. Yeah, it was a, that was a long way. Yeah. That was a long way. Hung a tail on that kite, didn't I? You, uh, you know, you took the long route. You took the scenic route, and I think we're the better for it. Yeah, thank you. It's the road less travel. So we we get a bit of this the sort of X X Men conundrum here, right? So mm. it's like the in the X Men movies, it's constantly like, oh, here's a thing that's going to turn the X Men turn the mutants into not mutants. And yeah. It's like, no, do we want this? Do right. we want it? Do we not want it? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Should it be a choice? Should it be you know have pride in being a mutant? Should it be let's be normal? We get very little of that. I mean, a tiny little bit. We get like two scenes of that. But it's the the ooze they figure out could turn the turtles into humans. So it's a little thought of like, you know, well, what should we do here? So back to Shredder. Shredder and the gang, they talk about the, they, they're going to raid the police headquarters because they have the ooze. But then two scenes later, they're at the museum. Yeah. To get the second mecha guffin. To get the second piece of the arc capacitor, which they instantly know how to retrieve. It's yep. like on display in a museum, and they just look at it, and they go like, ah, I don't know, push one of these fucking buttons on the side here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, turns out, yeah. No one at the fucking art museum was ever like, push one of these buttons? Space rocks usually don't have buttons. It, it do- And it doesn't look like a, it's a rocket. It looks like an interactive display that kids would just right. go up and be putting their hands they on. They would just be all over it. That yeah, button would have been pressed. Seriously. But no, they press the button and boom, there's your second piece. Check it <laughs> off the list. Uh, and this is really funny because Bebop and Rocksteady have uh, have shown that they have no capacity for doing anything of any mm. with any success. And then as soon as they get that second one, Shredder's like, now you are going to Brazil. <laughs> Just, yeah, I'm trusting you on this yes. mission to Brazil. <laughs> I need this. This is the last piece. It's critical I get this. I'm going to put my best two <laughs> rhino warthogs on it. Oh, boy. So the Turtles now, little division within mm. the group. They're all brothers. This is like kind of a theme of this one is that they're like, they're, they're brothers. Yeah. They're not just random Turtles. They're, they're like, they're brothers. Splinter, you're not our real dad. They're yeah. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's a lot of s- s- seeds of dissension are sowing. Yeah. So there's a little division. There's, this isn't even worth talking about, but there are every one of these turtles has their own little story, right? So like Leo, it's this whole thing about like being a good leader. <laughs> but he, what that mainly comes down to is Splinter at one point says like, be a good leader. <laughs> <laughs> and then Leo goes out and is a bad leader. But yes. You know what? He decides that was bad. Now I'll be good. But I think Splinter had to tell him one more time, be a good leader. Like, it's just, that's how fucking lame it is. You know, <laughs> like, it's just, it's not even worth talking about, but there are all these little things going on. They so. are all awful at their jobs, except for Donatello. Donat- really? I'm telling you, Donatello no, is Donatello being held back by his brothers. Dump, dump these guys. Synthesize some more ooze and make yourself some better brothers. Of the Osmonds, he is definitely the Jimmy. He was held <laughs> back and let, you know... <laughs> Donnie got more acclaim. He's the Leo, but he was a bad leader. 
<laughs> Jimmy could Great dance. Jimmy Osmond reference. <laughs> Uh, so, um, so Leo and Don, so again, there's the, the turtles are fighting. Leo and Don go to the museum because there was a break in at the museum. I like, so again, I like that we're calling step him, late as always. I like that we're calling him Don. Like we're his friend, <laughs> like Leo and Don. They sound like a couple. Leo and Don. Oh, we're going to Leo and Don's. <laughs> <laughs> so the other two turtles are left behind. So they're like, what do we do? So they decide they're going to look for more ooze and yeah. they're going to do it by planning a siege on police headquarters with April and, and Casey. So you meant now that you remember there's the other guys are planning. It says everyone's ready to siege police headquarters. Uh-huh. NYPD. The headquarters. Yeah. Of it. Big, probably more militarized than most nations military. <laughs> so um, the Falcon, we, we see Will Arnett as the Falcon again. He meets Carmelo. Yeah. Chat, little Carmelo Anthony cameo. So you think Melo was like, I'm not going to do it if I have to wear my Knicks gear. I'm not, you know, I'm not actually, he was probably injured at the time, actually. <laughs> or, yeah, or working on a trade to get a, out of town. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, and we also get another cameo. She was at the game, too, from Alessandra Ambrosio as his quote-unquote girlfriend, the Falcon. Um, but April shows up. She pulls him away and says, hey, you owe us. We, we need your help. So yeah. how about a high scene? Sure. How about a very predictable high scene? How about we set it to a little less conversation because we're trite. But this high, this whole fucking thing, the plan is he's going to go and distract the cops mm-hmm. while April and Casey walking. Casey, who, Casey, who is a cop, are going to yep. walk in with hats on. That's yep. going to fucking they have hats. distract them. <laughs> That's the plan. That's it. Good enough. But yeah, these two different raids on the police headquarters, they run smack dab into each other. So now everyone's chasing everyone all over uh, the place. And the Foot Um, Clan are there too. Casey and April, they run into the ninjas. They call Donnie and Leo for backup. And finally, uh, the turtles are all cornered by the cops who have their guns drawn and, and force them to get down on the ground. Laura Linney's there. And when they see what they are, one of the cops says, they're monsters. They're monsters. And it, <laughs> but everyone gets away. Everyone except for April and Casey. Uh, the teenage, the turtles all get away. The ninjas get away. Everybody else gets away. This movie about turtle brothers who are mutant ninjas who speak English and fight crime and great supervillain hopping through portals to other dimensions the most unrealistic thing about this movie is that those New York City cops did not open fire the second <laughs> right. their suspects turned their back on them. <laughs> Laura Linney decides the public doesn't need to know. Yes. That's the whole thing about this. It's too dangerous for the public to have this information. That, it nah. really got me at the point at the end when they decide to work with them, but they shield them from being seen as they're walking them in. Right. It's like the public can't know about you, but we're definitely going to use you. I was like, that fucking sucks. There's also a lot of Apple product placement throughout. Like they, they reference iPads, iPhones specifically. Steve Jobs gets mentioned among the greatest uh, brains of all time. Along with Galileo. Yeah. <laughs> so we pop over to Brazil now. Yeah. With Bebop and Rocksteady doing whatever they're doing in Brazil, a scene set to Edwin Starr's War. Uh huh. Even though it's not that. They're driving a tank. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they, they got fair enough. Did they drive the tank all the way there? Because they don't have portal technology yet. I don't know. <laughs> so the turtles track them. They the just, turtles and, and the cops are, are working together now. Donatello's amazing because they just. They just are next to them now. And the turtles are on a plane. How? Yeah, absolutely. What? Time? Space? Doesn't matter. They just know that Bebop and Rocksteady are right there below them. They just, yeah, they're tracking them. They're tracking them. So that's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and they're not working with the cops uh, yet. That doesn't no. Um, but the turtles track. See, this is the, the movie gets like fucking whiplash at this point, right? Because they're like, we're in Brazil. And then the turtles are like, oh, shit, they're in Brazil. So then the turtles are flying to Brazil. 
But then we go to Brazil and Bebop and Rocksteady, they find the piece that they need. And so now they're heading back to New York City. And the turtles are like, oh, now they're going to go to fucking New York City and yeah. we're in midair. So what should we do? Let's just jump out of a plane and then we'll just <laughs> land on their plane. Right. <laughs> it's just like this happens in like 90 seconds of screen time. So they all just jump out of the fucking plane. No parachutes no, or anything like that. They don't all. Rafe. No. Rafe is petrified. Uh huh. Petrified, which seems logical. Because they are jumping out of a plane without parachutes. It is not a good plan. No. But it's not even a plan. They were just like, oh, look, a plane. <laughs> that's them. Let's <laughs> jump out of our plane onto their plane. Yeah. I don't know how we know, but that's them. Uh, but also, it makes no sense when Rafe, when you realize that at the beginning of this movie, the man jumped off the Chrysler building. They jump off the Chrysler building over and over again. Like, why is that not scary, but a plane's scary? Uh, yeah, yeah. For a piece of pizza. They, yeah, it, it, they tried to find a little bit of humor in the biggest, toughest one, yeah. being scared of, of heights. Can you believe it? Very... He's actually scared of jumping out of a plane without a parachute. <laughs> what a wuss. The shockingly wimpy. Um, but yeah, Ray finally jumps, splats on the windshield of the plane, gets caught. There's all sorts of just impossible, you know things that happen but they get on the plane they all make it on the plane they find the piece uh, but who's there bebop and rocksteady so there's a big fight on the plane finally there's a big fight a like, little bit of a fight yeah but then a machine gun one of them gets behind a machine gun and just basically tears the entire plane yeah uh to shreds like i get that because that's kind of true to how dumb that character is you know and it was kind of cool looking um I don't know how that plane stayed in air for as long as it did. Right. Did just nose fucking dive. Why not just like? Right. I mean, it kept flying. Yeah, admirably without, without wings or a cockpit, a cockpit. or, a sail or <laughs> without anything. Oh yeah, but um, I, I just imagine people who are actually fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and their movies wanting, you know, let's see them fucking be ninjas. Let's see them fight their enemies. This is like bit. one quick chance we get of that. Very, very briefly. Very briefly. Um, instead, we get a very long, long plane crash sequence mm-hmm. that goes on for a very long time. Uh, don't worry. Everyone's okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. They're, they got, they're on the ground. They're okay. And now they're suddenly in rapids. They're just in the rapids all of a sudden. They go like over down, Angel go, Falls. Going down a river. Still chasing this piece. Still chasing the piece down the river. Bebop somehow emerges from the water in a tank. <laughs> they all just fall out of a plane. He's just in a tank coming out of the water. I, didn't, I don't know how I, he did it. My mind was so like benumbed. I didn't even catch that. Because there's just so fucking much happening. But yeah. it's like none of it matters. No. It's all nonsense. Yeah. But yeah, he just suddenly pops out of the water uh, in a tank, shoots them, and there's all this slow-mo stuff where they just barely avoid getting blown up um bebop and rock city somehow get the piece the missing piece not important how they get it um the turtles then go over an enormous waterfall yeah. hundreds of feet uh and they are all fine yeah everyone's fine they go into their shells so they're okay cut back to casey and april <laughs> they are still in the interrogation room <laughs> it's like a day later i mean a flight to brazil i don't care what donatello cooked up that's a that's a long flight. <laughs> They're just still in the same like they were having the same conversation as when we saw them last. Um, and we got a little bit of Casey's. I really hated the guy who played Casey. Yeah, it was not, he was not good. Absolute dud. And who cares about his dumb fucking origin story? Not I. Moving on, Vern Fenwick. That's Will Arnett's character. He is selling bags of his own breath. <laughs> I didn't catch so, that. It's got a chuckle out of me. I guess there's a chuckle. He's just blowing into bags, <laughs> selling his breath. Good bit. Why, though, is he not under suspicion? <laughs> Casey and April are in prison right now. This guy just showed up out of the blue. Uh-huh, at the same time. At the same time with a former coworker. If you look If you look at the video, you will see him plant something on the back of the cop's computer. <laughs> But instead, it's like, help us, help us. You're, yeah. you're, you're, no one would suspect you, the Falcon, the hero of New York. So she says, she, they call him in secret and they say, you know, help him get out. So he, he goes and does a thing. 
Turtles, meanwhile, remember division, division within the ranks of the turtles. So they're fighting with each other uh, while on the plane. Wait, huh? What plane? What <laughs> yeah, plane? Right. How do they? Keep- do they have another plane in addition to the one that they abandoned midair? These are the. What shadows do they live in if they can just fly willy nilly? I can't get on a flight to Brazil just like that. Let alone <laughs> four of me as hulking turtles. How are they on this plane? But they're on a plane and they're fighting. There's division. Whatever. Anyway, back to New York City. Let's get this portal open. So Baxter and Shredder, they open the portal. This is where Baxter compares himself to Steve Jobs. Uh-huh. Um, Vern, meanwhile, he shows Laura Linney this undoctored footage that he found in the lab. So she releases April and Casey. I mean, they still, like, raided the yeah. fucking police station. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> they got absolved of- very quickly. <laughs> Definitely not. She just lets them go. Just in time for boom. Ominous rumbling. Boom. Uh Uh-huh. Ominous rumbling. Boom. Uh Uh-oh. It's the Technodrome. This is Krang's war machine. Technodrome starts coming through the portal piece by piece and assembling over New York City. Again, like the exact same fucking thing happens in, I think, Transformers Dark of the Moon or whatever. Man, just just <laughs> like anything else would be great, but instead it's just this. And of course, now we have like a ticking clock too because we got to stop it before the thing assembles. So the turtles, now they're ready to leap into action, but they say, you know what? Hang on, hang on. Maybe we should consider taking some of this ooze. I don't know how this would help them. Isn't being a mutant turtle part of their strength? How is this going to help them defeat Krang? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think it's just they had to finally put a kibosh on that whole plot point. Yeah. So Leo is now a good leader. Remember his whole journey from good leader to bad leader to good leader. It's riveting fucking stuff. <laughs> so he says, you can choose. And Rafe breaks the vial. No, we're going to be turtles. Yeah. Wait, for somebody who was really pissed that nobody consulted his brothers that Leo didn't, he doesn't say anything to Mikey or Donnie. Uh, Ricky, Bobby, Randy, or Mike. <laughs> he says, if I like the girl, who cares who you like? He says, cool it now. And he just throws it against the wall. Yep. But holy shit, did I not care about any of that? Oh, my God. No, this is just marking time. Yeah. You know, we're really just marking time before we get to the big finale. So the turtles are now like, all right, let's go. So they meet with the police. Vern spills the beans, says it was the turtles who saved New York City last time around. Turtles, humans, joining forces, coming together, putting aside their differences, making turning their differences into strengths, mm. Quirky. Bringing it all home. Humans doing what they do best, putting it all on somebody else. <laughs> yes. Shredder, Baxter thinks he and Shredder are going to rule over this uh, changed universe with Krang, but Shredder has Baxter dragged away. Decides, I want full credit for the enslavement of humanity. And says, no one will ever know who you are. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. But who arrives now? But Krang! Why, it's Krang. Krang arrives on Earth, immediately has a conference with Shredder. Come to my place. Let's have a talk. <laughs> Come in and here. Pulls, have a seat. <laughs> pulls literally the exact same trick on Shredder. Shredder is just like, did not see it coming. He's just like, you and me, we're going to rule together. And Greg's like, not so much. <laughs> Again, Shredder is is apparently the, mo- the world's greatest villain mastermind. <laughs> and he got finessed within like a minute by this being. All after the, doing the exact same thing. After doing like, the never, exact same thing. Never saw it coming. It, t- it appears to me all the cops ever had to do was tell Shredder, be like, no, we're going to let you out tomorrow. Yeah, right. And then he'd be like, oh, okay. No, yeah. it's tomorrow. Don't worry about the prison break, guys. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, boy. Um, the most gullible yeah. evil mastermind ever. He's not great. He's not great. So, yeah, Krang freezes shredder and imprisons him in in on his ship so there you go turtles are like what are we gonna do i know let's surf off the chrysler building again find a new move all right guys. right I mean, going back so to the predictable hits. this way yeah it's like when you see a band that's been together for 40 years and they open and end with their hits <laughs> so they all fight krang but it, krang is just a little too powerful with his big robot body so yeah they're all trying to find the beacon uh this they get in it all ends with casey 
fighting Bebop and Rocksteady while wearing skates mm-hmm. made from wheels he pulled off an office chair? Sure. He just improvises, like the way that she improvised a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. He's like, I'm going to improvise rollerblades. The way it's cut, too, he just, he's on the ground, he sees an office chair in, in this garage. And then the next scene, he's just on rollerblades. Like, yes. the, the like I mentioned Die Hard earlier, but part of that was watching him have to do with what he had to do. And then it shit don't work. And, and he, it takes the time to do the stuff that he wants to do. No, this is just one cut, boom, he's got rollerblades. Full there action. He is. Let's go. Oh, and a like hockey that. stick. Yeah. So they chase him around a little bit more. Back to Krang and the turtles, and Krang says, Okay, turtles, playtime is over. You just said it was playtime. <laughs> Fuck. Over? Fucking, you're a bad That's nanny. You playtime. <laughs> My God. What kind of fucking universe do you come from? So uh, Casey, again, he's fighting Bebop and Rocksteady. He makes a move. He um, locks them both in a shipping container and throws a grenade in there, which blows up. Seemingly kills them. Uh, They're fine. Yeah. Everyone is perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Slightly dazed. Yeah. Sure. But fine. Everyone's fine. He didn't know that. He he didn't know a hand grenade would not kill them. We knew that because we were watching a PG-13 movie. <laughs> yeah, Casey tried to just straight up murder these yes. guys. Yes, he's a cop. Remember, he's still he employed does. by the New York Police Department. What he does. So the Turtles, remember the message, they work together to beat Krang. Wow. But the ship keeps assembling. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going even though they've beat Crane. Right. They couldn't beat him until the moment that they, they could. They, yeah, right. <laughs> they worked as a team. But, well, okay. So, meanwhile, Casey and April are fighting, I didn't catch her name, but Shredder's henchwoman. Oh, Kyra? We talked about her. Yeah. Her, okay. What are her loyalties in all of this? Because, like, Crane's gone. Shredder, gone. Like what? What's what's our whole fucking deal? Turn like, state's evidence. Run. <laughs> get a deal. <laughs> Who are you working for? You just b- so much believe in the mission of assembling an alien spacecraft. Yeah, and enslaving humanity. That you're just like, I, you know what? It's it's more about the the philosophy than about the leader. <laughs> it's more you know about I mean? like, being evil than doing anything <laughs> evil. Because all the plans are fucked. But I'm still evil. Yeah. And I felt bad for this actress. She's an Asian woman who was given eyeliner to make her mm-hmm. her eyes go back. She looks like a glow wrestler from 1986. Mm-hmm. Her her costuming. It, it for a for a movie that takes great pains to make Megan Fox look good. Megan Fox will run from ninjas, fight, tussle, <laughs> get steamed on her in a, in a fucking dirty sewer and her makeup and hair is flawless. Mm-hmm. This woman looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucked up a little bit but they defeat her casey and april they defeat her casey destroys the beacon that closes the portal that disassembles the technodrum and sends it back through through the portal whatever Ooh, whatever yeah B- bad people he promises to return though went. yeah he says krang says i'll be back turtles a thousand times stronger why though yeah why come back? Here's a thought. What did you even want this time? What did you even want this time? What are you going to do with six billion enslaved humans? You, what is that going to do for you? You couldn't handle four turtles. <laughs> what is the whole point of this thing? Yeah, but anyway, he'll be back a thousand times stronger. Don't worry about that. So, okay, sometime later, April... This is where we find out, oh, she's still a reporter. Yes. It's her full-time job of helping Ninja Turtles. She's uh, reporting on the turtles and on this thread and who were these heroes who are in the shadows. You definitely needed the Times Square backdrop for this story. Right. And you definitely needed... This story, you could have done it anywhere. Megan Fox in a sweatshirt and hat to definitely hide that this was filmed several months later from her earlier scenes where her hair is now different. <laughs> Laura Linney gives the turtles the keys to the city in a secret ceremony uh, held in front of a fully illuminated Statue of Liberty, as you do mm-hmm. when you're being stealth. <laughs> you want to be in the shadows. Hey, you want, I got a place. You want a lot of good lighting. I got a place where I do these things, okay? You come with me. It's a little place. The Statue of freaking Liberty? <laughs> 
the torch of the Statue of Liberty, where everyone looks when they go to New York. With a sure. bunch of police in their dress blues. Like, any reporter, <laughs> crime reporter, would be like, hey, where are all those police going at night? They had a PA system and everything. <laughs> like, they had, like, they had logos they created. There was marketing was done. Whatever. Anyway. There was a fucking so, uh, online discount code. <laughs> TMT, TMNT 10. <laughs> so, finally... <laughs> Contrary to the titles, the turtles decide to remain in the shadows. In the what show. a twist. You never saw it coming. They're going to stay in the shadows because normal. What fun is that? Right. Turtles. And that's it. That's your fucking movie. That's the whole goddamn movie, Quirky. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's all I got to say about that. And I can't seize the more. So, Quirky. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we wrap this sucker up? I want to stress the PG-13-ness of this all. Like early in yep. the movie, Casey Jones says the word shit. And my girlfriend was like, did he just say shit? Like, cause she's like, it's a kid's movie. I'm like, it's a PG-13 mm-hmm. movie, which mm-hmm. means that you're going to have some cuss words and you're going to have a ton of violence that would kill anybody if it ever actually happened, but you're not going to see an ounce of blood. Yeah, and that's bloodless carnage, bloodless <laughs> carnage, and fart jokes. <laughs> PG thirteen is just that's shorthand for avoid this movie to me, for sure. Especially when it's this kind of movie. Tries to please everyone, mm-hmm. has no real point of view, exists to make money. Yeah, it's a lot of things that it stands for. Let's remind everybody about our rating system. Your average everyday yeoman's effort, run-of-the-mill bad film, that's a dare. The next level bad is a double dare, and a movie we actually kind of like is a reverse dare. Corky, what do you give? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, out of the shadows. Well, I'm going with my gut here. Get there. And my gut says dare. My, my gut says dare because this is not a movie I would ever watch if it weren't no. for a bad movie podcast that I do with my film critic pal. I think the first one is a movie that you probably would never watch except for you were assigned to do that as part of your employment. The show. Um, so this is not for me. I can't hmm. judge it by that. And I can't sit there and critique a bunch of that. I can critique the filmmaking aspects, which are horrif- horrific which are make just make no sense, but I'm sure that the target audience is going to lap several parts of this up, even though I think the movie does them a great disservice by not actually giving them Ninja Turtles who fight mm-hmm. their enemies. It's more parkour. It's more trying to be hijinks. And, and I get quipping is a big part of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, in the cartoon world, not so much the comics, but I don't know. I can't, if I called it a double dare, I'd feel like I was piling on something that it was like, really, what was this ever going to be? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I largely agree with you. I mean, this is obviously not a movie made for me, but you know what? I can judge it. Hey. I will judge it. And I do judge it as bad. <laughs> bad. Bad. Quite bad. Better. Than the first film, God. which is kind of insane to, to say, yeah. right? It's just insane, but it's just like, it's a slight, slight, teensy, eensy, little bitty half inch of a half inch step up from the first film. But I also feel like I've given a lot of really soft ass dares mm. of late, and I feel no compunction about just taking a shit on Get there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon out of the shadows. So I give you a double, a deuce. Mm. That's a double dare. So one... Soft dare and one double soft deuce. Double dare. <laughs> one double deuce. One Always upper soft. decker. <laughs> all right, that is all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. But join us in two weeks where we'll be back with another one of your scandalously terrible double deuce dares. Yes, and thank you so much to Colin Williams for Absolutely. this dare and for all the dares and for all of the donations to the show and for all of the support on the schmied and so forth you've been a great listener and we value you and i'm sorry that it took us this long to get to your dare but until the next episode two weeks from now as quirky said send your movie dares to us we promise we'll do them if you donate we promise eventually 
Send them to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on all your favorite podcast apps. You want to support the podcast? You want to make a donation? Visit daredaniel.com. Click the donate button. Find support the show in the menu. There's a number of ways to do that. Corky. Yeah. I see you there. You're in the shadows. Come out of the shadows. Hey. I can't see you in them shadows. Oh. What are you doing in the shadows, Corky? I know you can't really see me here because I'm only up on the Statue of Liberty's uh, torch, which yeah. is just so pretty nondescript. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's where you go to be camouflaged. Um, no, but you can catch me at the Sacramento Comedy Spot uh, Friday, Saturday nights. Come down, see MRI, see ACL. Uh, have fun. Take classes. Eat the pizza. <laughs> oh, it's Luigi. He came back for this one. For Dear Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. And I'm Quirk McDonald saying, my man. <laughs>